does everybody know what time it is? As of this recording, it is actually 1734 minutes. That's very precise, and it's grunt work. It ain't me. I ain't no military son. I'm just Truman, the Zero Dark 30-man caps, here with Landon, the Beetle Bailey is a funny and relevant comic strip man Solano, with yet another episode of Grunt Work, your one-stop shop for all things home improvement. I C-C-C-R what you did there. Ah, that's good. I, for, I'm glad you said CR at the end, because I was just scared you were going to just copy me on an email, and <laughs> I don't need any of that. Uh, well, I did throw one extra C in there, just to, uh, oh. just to throw you off the scent. I, I, sp- I suppose you did. I didn't even notice. That's how that's how blitzed you've got me. Landon, welcome yes, back to your apartment where we record the show. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it's good to be welcomed. You know, I don't, uh, since I live alone, I never get welcomed into my own place. So um, this is a rare opportunity and I just want, I cherish this moment. Thank I feel you. like a lot of people don't really get welcomed into their own place. Or I guess actually, no, people probably who live with. Yeah, that's right. Stuff, there yeah. is, there's less less welcoming and more announcing going on when you enter a place like yeah honey i'm home yeah. it's never like honey you're home <laughs> yes in case you were wondering where you walked into it is your home you got <laughs> it right yet again german it's good to see you buddy it's um, good to see you too we watched an episode of home improvement this week and i know we say this a lot but yeah. bear with me folks did we <laughs> we sure enough did it it it's it yeah, more than 80% of the substance on screen was indeed home improvement. <laughs> 10% was transitions, 10% un- unsubstantiated, we don't know yet. If for all we know, it could have been Muppet Babies. <laughs> there's there's no there's no telling for sure. I mean, it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat in a way. Like, if we can't prove it wasn't Muppet Babies, then we can we have to accept that perhaps it could have been so so a little bit of this episode could or could not have been muppet babies <laughs> right i would, I would can't any, prove it either way any parts that we liked i'm just going to go ahead and pin that on the muppet babies <laughs> and not on, on, not on actually the... i i have some good stuff to say about this episode but let me let me give you a little synopsis yeah of what yeah, we, so, yeah synopsis well, a little taster a little just, sample tray just, here just a costco sample <laughs> right to the dome uh jill's father is in town Ooh. and he has brought with him his new manuscript in his retirement, he's taken to writing a book about his time in the military and hopes that once Jill reads it, uh, she might pass it on to the publishers of her magazine. Uh, there's just one little hitch, uh, and that's that Jill... Will Smith is there. <laughs> Sorry. Kevin James walks in, gets weird, Liam Remini comes in from the dead. Um, that's not how that yeah, show went. Someone else had to die for Liam yeah, to okay. live. She requires a blood sacrifice to be summoned <laughs> to a, your sitcom. <laughs> Uh, the hitch to this episode, though, is that Jill doesn't like her father's book, um, at all. No, not at all. Uh, however, due to the strained relationship she has with her father, she feels she cannot tell him the truth. Because he can't handle the truth. <laughs> God damn it, how did I not, how did I not even think of that when I was doing my titles? That's so good. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of titles, you want to guess what this one's called? Oh, I do, actually. Um, I'm... Too bad. Oh, because you're not, why, because you're not done with your synopsis yet? You've, you've got to delve into the subplots now? Uh, meanwhile, the kids are taking a puck. Hockey, a game that's sweeping the nation. In every backyard across the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, not in, like, deserts, I would think. <laughs> I mean, although admittedly there was no snow on the ground here either. Okay, names. Um... A novel approach. Ooh, I like that. Clear and present rage-er. 
I realized okay. as I wrote it that makes it sound like more of a nightclub drinking problem. <laughs> like like her dad is a hard partying yeah, glow stick right. type. Um, I would love to see that. That okay. Yeah. Uh, Mad Dad Army Dad. Little little inside baseball for Flophouse fans. Okay. And and then this one, uh, which I think actually is really the best, and I think it works on multiple levels. A kernel of truth. I'm not gonna lie, that episode, that title is better than the actual oh. episode, but it also includes the actual title of the episode. Kernel of truth? Just Tr- the kernel. Wait, the episode is just called the kernel. <laughs> Bull fucking shit. I'm sorry. What get? No, that's not fair. You can't pull another Jill's birthday out of your ass, <laughs> especially no. when a kernel of truth is on the table. Yeah, there's a good option. Yeah. I've been, I'm sitting here thinking there was an answer out there. I, I think you're justified and you have shown us all that we've been cheated out of uh, a much needed title. That's so cheap. That's so, you know what, man? Why do we do this if they're not going to respect the rules? You this is to... the work that we have to do. God damn We it. have to live with these truths the okay. rest of our lives. Sometimes theirs are better than mine. Sometimes <laughs> mine is better than theirs. But m- almost every time they at least try. Almost. Almost every time. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's just a shame. Do you want to do you want to crack open this here episode? How well, do you wanna, feel wanna, about this? Yeah, episode? I want to hear how you do you feel about it. You go first. Yeah, no, you You're go the first. Prettiest. No, you. I'll stop it. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought I just thought this episode wasn't very funny. I yeah. thought it was hokey more than funny. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think that a lot of this episode seems to revolve around the fact that Jill and her mother and all of her sisters basically were raised by a, a man who is so filled with rage that they can't even have a basic conversation with him, <laughs> which to me is kind of... Uh-huh. I don't want to be that guy. Look, guys, I know. Listen, I don't want to be that guy who, like, every episode now, it's like, mm, well, actually, that's problematic. <laughs> I don't want to laugh at anything. Yeah. Because, you know, yes, my favorite show, Cheers, is all about workplace sexual harassment. It is about literally <laughs> nothing else. I just... But there's a... there's With Cheers, there's it's an undertone of it's funny because it's inappropriate. Or, like, yeah. they shouldn't be getting away with it where it's just like they know that that there's a they don't take it as gospel whereas like i feel like tim and this whole nuclear family thing that home improvement has going on is like this is the way it is this is like there's no questioning of that yeah cheers feels a little more rascally where it's like we know that this is a little taboo yeah uh and we're gonna play it and they do flip the stereotypes in on their head you know they do they by the end of that show sam is a completely different character than he was at the beginning true true and diane has totally different colored hair it's amazing <laughs> uh no I, I i agree i i don't know this, this just i think first and foremost my biggest problem is this episode wasn't very funny yeah. and it seemed like the stakes were never super high uh, it's almost a verbatim same episode uh as her the um what was the name of the one with the mom uh, uh, i keep oh, forgetting oh, um nothing more than build to build or not to build. Something about clocks. <laughs> Mother's Day is to build or not to build. Look, look okay. I think, yeah. Landon, I think we've officially done enough episodes that we now can't remember the name of every episode anymore. <laughs> I've been wondering when this day would come, and it was today. Yes. Uh, what, what did you think? Talk about your feelings. Yeah, um, this one definitely, maybe because it puts Tim uh, on the back burner a little bit, uh, um, was a little more palatable. I love M. Emmett Walsh, uh, <laughs> so just watching him do anything that's, is... That's Jill's dad. Probably. Yeah, uh, great to me. Um, yeah, he plays the colonel. Um, I think it's a brilliant 
casting choice. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't as funny. It definitely felt like it was aiming for some of those more sentimental episodes that we've seen mm-hmm. The you know, with her mom. Um, much to do about Nana. Much to, oh yeah, there you go, there you go. <laughs> I love that it was working in the back, bur- like that time yeah. about putting things on the back burner. Like Tim was on I'm the back burner. That question. Was glad there. it came out on air, not at the party <laughs> we're going to later. Um, oh, way to brag that we have friends <laughs> if we go to parties. That's right, folks. Off we jet off to Hollywood society functions all the time after we record our podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's not super funny. It never quite hits the the sentimental notes that it's aiming for. Does not. So, I don't know, it's, it just feels very uneven to me. Uh, yeah. It's not, yeah, I don't know. It's I'm just, I'm kind of lukewarm on it, but somehow that's still above what I have been. I, so, true. So, it makes me conflicted a bit. I, I think we can definitely, we can, we can definitely attest that we have been in the middle of a week run of episodes. Perhaps one of our strongest week runs, or like the, la- it's... <laughs> weakest it's, week runs? Weakest week runs. It's not great. Look, guys, it's not great. It's not great right now where we're at, yeah. but I feel like I have allowed that to prejudice my opinion a little bit more than you, so either well, way. Well, yeah. I mean, I've definitely been there uh, in the past, so... But yes. let's break this open and see what we have inside. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a Kinder Egg toy, <laughs> and it's one of the German ones that you can actually choke on. Uh, so we open on Tool Time, and let me just say right now, the Grunt Creep seems pretty effing limited in his range of motion he's either standing still or he's bounding <laughs> yeah and now he's got legs and shoes though well uh skynut hasn't sent back the, <laughs> the grunt creeps from the future yet so uh they're still in development i want to point out that it sounded kind of like you said skynut and now i'm thinking all about the terminutter which is like this is all one big ad campaign for peanut butter probably in the 90s <laughs> You know, like in the fu- in the future, smooth peanut butter is illegal, and there's <laughs> only crunchy. I don't know, um, but he, yeah, he's uh, he's bounding. It's a bounding ground. Yeah, creep. but he has feet this time. No yes. arms. No he, arms. Big old like converse or clown shoes. They're high tops. High like tops. he's he's got the he's got the like there's no laces in him, yeah. and the tongues are kind of sticking out in a weird way. It, it seems weird. I don't know what the like. I, I'm just thinking like behind the scenes of home improvement. Like why. Why go to the extremes of giving him such a range of motion and character only to peel it back and then start over? And now it's like going through another birth development. I don't know. It's weird. I, I you know, on the one hand, I agree with you. Like, I, I want to know what they're thinking. On the other hand, we take it for granted now that we start our show talk singing mostly unrelated <laughs> songs. Fair. I think that dumb shit kind of happens yeah. when you're underway making something. Yeah. It's still just some weird looking dumb shit. <laughs> But uh, Tim and Al are talking about shoes. It is shoe week on uh, Tool Time Time? Yes, for some reason. I don't know what your shoes have to do with home improvement, really. They're things inside your home, maybe? More like home improvement. Don't don't give me those pity laughs. But they're talking about how to shine your shoes, how to treat your leather shoes. Should we go through Tim's uh, sight gag joke? He's got the two cards. You got your shoe tree, and, it's just, and you got your shoe, which is a picture of a tree with a bunch of shoes on it. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. you got your shoe horn, and it's L moonlighting as Duke Silver, blowing into a shoe like it's a horn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Complete with a Klaus sound effect. Yeah. 
Which which offends me not just as someone who likes good jokes, but also as a trumpet player. Uh, <laughs> offended on two on two different levels, sir. Uh, I got you know what the the subsequent joke was so bad that it made me forget that first joke. <laughs> so they go over to their they've got a table full of shoes and they're showing like oh here's how you do this for this kind of leather shoe or for yeah. this one or and yeah you know, oh if your shoes are kind of tight what do you do oh well if you're like if your feet are as big as al's mom's and then tim pulls two gigantic work boots <laughs> almost as if he ripped them off of the grunt creep yeah honestly yes <laughs> except except these ones exist in our real world it's like he it's yeah. like he cool world them so that they could go from the cartoon world into the real world <laughs> right uh so he pulls them out and talks about how oh you put the the leather softener on it so your hard shoe becomes a soft shoe while al says this yeah and then Tim goes, oh, did you say soft shoe? And hey, Klaus. Oh, God. And Klaus, some music starts playing, and Tim sticks his hands down in the shoes, and he just he just dances for so long, guys. He just dances <laughs> the shoes. Now, I will blatantly say he's no Charlie Chaplin. Uh, but breaking news (laughs) Landon give me some of gloves if you're gonna drop a take that hot on the table put put down a cloth well uh I will say that only in that um the follow-up to this joke made this joke worth it true true they er they earned it retroactively yes exactly so you want to tell us what yeah Tim takes six years to do this uh soft shoe uh dance routine on the counter and then he thinks that's the end all of it. Then he's ready to get back to yeah, work. Yeah, he's like, okay, I had my time in the sun. Here we go. And Al's like, wait a minute. You call that a soft shoe? And then the ghost of Gene Kelly <laughs> inhabits the body of Al Borland. Spotlight hits him. He yells to Klaus. And, Hit uh, it, Klaus. Some, some uh, sweet showboating music. Is that what that's called? Show, showboating music. Showboating music. What's uh, what I'm thinking? Like uh, show, show. Time, Roger and Hammerstein. Show, show, nope. show tunes. Show tunes. But that musical called Showboat. Is that a thing? I'm hoping. I th- are you can? Are you thinking of like a musical that's all about boats? Like how Starlight Express is all about trains? Are you actually looking I th- up? Now? I think there's anything goes, which is all set on a boat. <laughs> so that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Showboat is a Hammerstein musical. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, fine. one of the lesser right. known ones. But I, I'm not that crazy. All right, I know a music movie or two. You, you, you I know can't say it, but two. I know it. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Al, we get treated to Al doing an actual soft shoe, uh, and, and it is it's a treat. Brilliant. He's I holding. Love it. What is he holding? Like a chisel in his hand? It was one of the tools from the. Um, I think it was like, you know, uh, one of those things you put in your shoes so that they don't uh, collapse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but just extended to look like a cane. Okay. Or even a shoe or just like an extendable shoehorn like the one you have, maybe. Perhaps. Yeah. Could yeah. Have been but okay. it was metal or aluminum. Oh, all right. Something. All right. All right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Good details. <laughs> uh, this uh, takes us into the theme song. Unless you have anything else. I have, not- I have nothing else to say about that. Uh, I do want to point out, I like that they are giving al uh we talked about this the last couple episodes where they're like finding not necessarily characteristics but little lines and stuff to really bring out his character yeah uh i love that they've attached alliteration to him yeah. alliteration uh <laughs> that's 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 solid right there that's really good uh and he says this will really give your shoe a sheen for sure yeah <laughs> and th- but then then tim tim steps on it with something like you don't shake oh god 
Also, let me me just say, uh, before we go into the opening credits, Al does this whole soft shoe. The crowd goes wild. They go so wild that we need to get shots of the crowd to showcase just how wild they are. (laughs) Yeah. And Tim, we get one reaction shot of Tim. And Tim's reaction to seeing his pal get a really big laugh and do some clowning of his own on the show, it's not like, ha ha ha, that's great. This this thing that is not a joke at his expense. It's just Al showing off. It's just Tim kind of going like... <sighs> I mean, whatever. Anything new? I mean, anything that steals the spotlight from Tim? I mean, Al has shown a number of skills on this show yes. at this point. He has chopped a board in half with his forehead. True. They're all met with this kind of uh, eye roll of Tim. I guess it's just you know, Tim. Tim demands that he have as much of every episode as he want to clown around, and then <laughs> Al does something. That, like, Al had to learn that. That's just yeah. not, oh, I composited some shoes onto a picture of a tree. Look how clever I am. <laughs> Which I guarantee Tim didn't even do. He no, had the, yeah. the prop department yeah. do it for him. Klaus did it. So we go to the theme song. Um, I have a note here which says that uh, the tree that Randy is swinging from is in the foreground. And the physics of it do not make any sense. Because <laughs> he can't be swinging toward the, the source at which he's swinging from. You know, I've always had some some physics problems with the whole attaching a bunch of forward-facing propellers to your house and the house going <laughs> straight upward. Now, listen, attaching propellers to your house to make it levitate, I'm on board with that. It's okay. just the orientation of the propellers. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, so, okay, we'll add that to our list of problems. Okay, great. With the, with the theme song. One more reason that they should change that shit soon before we go nuts. <laughs> we go into the backyard where the kids are playing hockey. Uh, Randy is... Uh, continuing his quest to find what he wants to do with his life, apparently. Aside from, you know, <laughs> I, this is me making a stabbing motion towards my laptop. Um, and he's got the Red Wings jersey on. He's got the goalie mask. He's standing in the goal. Tim has created uh, what he calls the puck chucker. Yes. And guess what, guys? This is actually surprising. He loads it, and I'm thinking, oh, God, he's going to knock his son's head off with a puck. And instead, it just shoots a puck out like two inches and just flops onto the ground i'm gonna put that on randy though knowing your own father why would you willingly get in the line of sight of a machine that he is built to shoot something out of so you're saying that randy sabotaged it to save himself (laughs) uh i mean that would be the only way i would feel comfortable standing in front of it yeah if you've if you've if you fucked it up beyond the way tim has fucked it up (laughs) what and also tim you know he like he doesn't shoot as far as he wants and he says oh, uh, okay, let me get the manual. And then he goes away, but it's like, Tim, if you built this, <laughs> you wrote a manual? Did, does it like? Yeah. Does it also have like a Spanish and a French section? Did you draw the diagrams? Oh my God, that's Did amazing. Did you leave a page intentionally blank for notes? <laughs> it, Tim, Tim, who doesn't read manuals, would certainly not write a manual. And yeah. that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> uh, only thing I have to say is that... Um, Seeing Randy in that uh, jersey reminded me that I once had a Red Wings jersey that I no longer have. It, it you know it took me back actually to my childhood as well when I would watch the TV show Scrubs and Doctor Cox oh, yeah. wear a Detroit Red Wings jersey yeah. sometimes. Did his have a player on it? Because Randy's did not. No, it just had the tire with the wing on it. That's how okay. I know what the Detroit Red Wings are because Doctor Cox liked them on Scrubs. <laughs> uh, mine was of Osgood. Uh, the goalie, actually, coincidentally. Osgood. Um, who saw us win a couple of the championships. Okay. Well, you know, goaltender is important. Yeah. That's what I learned today. He was one of the best goalies, I think, uh, that the NHL had for a while. Wow. Um, I'm not a big sports guy, so if you're going to write in to yell at me, 
I will not refute you. Yeah. I will concede immediately. Do at him <laughs> uh, with impunity. Just don't expect it to, to make any difference. Yeah. Or it will make immediate difference. Yeah. But just don't expect a fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, you, you, you want to win a fight on the internet? We got your guy. All you have to do is know something about sports. So... We go inside. Um, same scene. We don't transition. It's just kind of yeah. a, a continuation. Yeah. Jill's setting the ta- uh, table for her father, who's uh, about to appear. Yes. Well, he'll be arriving at 1,700 hours, and Tim just does not get military time, which... Not in the least bit. To be fair, I... Like, I, I... Okay. This is a funny thing about the episode. This runner of Tim not understanding mm-hmm. military time, Jill tries to teach it to him up front, and... Uh, does the thing like I know I know people who grew up in military families who have similarly been like no it's super simple you just and she goes through this whole thing of like you subtract 12 from everything unless it's a single digit number or unless it's this or it's that and like you have to all the mental math that you yeah. have to do and I don't know I thought it was kind of a funny dig at military time I guess <laughs> take that titans of of knowing what time it is um it's punching up I don't I never understood the math of military time why what what's so hard about just counting beyond 12 i 13 14 15 16 17 yeah i mean that i think when you get up into the i think you get past a certain point like if someone says like 1400 hours i can pretty quickly be like two o'clock and i can figure that out but i think the higher up there you get the harder it is for me too quickly well then once you get to it's you just divide it by five because you're like (laughs) by six you go you go you count upwards past 12 you can get up to 6 p.m. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's 1,800 hours. Yeah. And then you start counting backwards from 12 once you get beyond that. So 2,300 will be 11 rather than 12 o'clock. I, I, people keep talking to me and like, oh, it's simple. You just do some math and then you have the answer like that. Like that changes anything. I mean, um, For me, I just have it on my computer screen. Okay. Well, yeah. That's that, the that, easiest way to do it. So her dad, you know, so Tim doesn't understand military yeah. time. Also, you'd think, it's just so weird to me, you'd think if anyone was going to have a big-time boner for the military... It would be and, Tim. Yeah, like, he... It goes back to this whole thing of what what is... What are his interests, really? Like, what is he actually good at? Tim, I mean, I'm starting to really understand that Tim has a few select interests, and only those interests of Tim are what Tim finds to be the definition of manhood yes and those <laughs> those and those definitions even then kind of shift from time to time yeah like i could see i could see there being an episode where al is super into like audio quality and the best stereo <laughs> and tim be mocking him relentlessly for that forgetting the fact that tim was a total audio file <laughs> right, yeah. at the end of, of season one absolutely i am willing to bet that's a thing that's gonna happen yeah there's just this the, the overturn window of the things that tim finds acceptably manly keeps shifting <laughs> but I don't know, I would just think, maybe it's that the History Channel didn't exist back then, but yeah. Tim Taylor today watches probably 11 hours of History Channel a day and knows all about, like, military time and procedure. Really? I think he'd just be watching marathons of Top Gear. Uh, you know, okay. <laughs> maybe <laughs> American Pickers. He would have... <laughs> he he has the picture-in-picture thing going, and then he's also <laughs> streaming one on his phone. Yeah. He's got a... He's got micro... <laughs> but he's, got, he's got just, like, micro... Just, like, uh, live that's, stream that's of That's Mike... Row, not micro. He's no. not watching the science channel. <laughs> yes, very true. Very, very true. Uh, you know, I that's I've always wanted to figure out who manages micro, so I can say you must be a micro manager, huh? <laughs> 
let the no, air no. freeze out of that joke, and we yeah. move on to the arrival of M. Emmett Walsh as the Colonel. You had you had teased me ahead of time saying that there was going to be a Coen Brothers veteran on the show, yes. and I, I will confess here, it took me there for a long period. In fact, much of the show is like, now is that M. Emmett Walsh or is it the guy who played the Big Lebowski in the Big Lebowski? <laughs> because his voice. At times, when he's yelling at the boys or at Tim, yeah. sounds kind of like, you're a Lebowski, I'm a Lebowski. <laughs> but yes, M. Emmett Walsh, really? Yeah, Lebowski's a little more more New York-ish, isn't he? It's I been a while since I've seen The Big Lebowski. I don't, th- I mean, he doesn't sound that, he M. sounds Emmett more Walsh cranky. kind of got this southern oh, yeah. draw to it. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Well, yeah, I work for kids from Texas. <laughs> You know what I like about M.M. Walsh? I don't even know what this impression is. It's like borderline Catherine Hepburn. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love about uh, M.M. Walsh? Uh, um, definitely not his looks, Miss Hepburn. Uh, so, yeah, as he comes in, the, uh, the, he does not like Tim very much. He makes a point of telling them that, oh, we get... we get tool And time. I was immediately appealed to him for <laughs> It's like, we get, we get tool time on satellite. Oh, that's great. I don't watch it, but we get it. <laughs> uh, he does the same... Yeah. Like, when the boys come in... I'm jumping around a bit. When the boys yeah, come yeah. in, he does the same attention, at ease thing that, that Grandma does with them. Yep. Um, I There's a weird beat that I don't fully understand where... Like, t- where, like, the colonel goes to Tim and says, did you get us the tickets for the Guns and Knives show? And Tim <laughs> right. says, I thought you wanted Guns and Roses tickets. Which, I mean, I, I like it in terms of, like, oh, that, they, they were big then. Axl they, Rose was good then. In 94? Well, I guess they were kind of on the tail end of their success at that point. When was Appetite for Destruction? 88? 88? Yeah. Wait, when was Use Your Illusion? Uh, maybe early 92, maybe? Okay, I, I'm sorry. I thought I thought their shit started in like 19. Okay, no, this I is the, 94 is like Metallica, Axel, or uh, Guns N' Roses go on that like toxic tour oh. and it becomes the. Well, maybe there's a little earlier than that. Anyway, he's on his down downfall here. Uh, okay, uh, so a big subplot. This is of like the... November Rain. He's whistling into. Oh 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 oh! All right, all right now 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 now. See here, Marianne. <laughs> uh, uh, November Rain. Is a, is a jam though. That song fucks. Let's be real. I get that it's ostentatious and nine minutes Fair. long. Yeah, but... maybe maybe I'm jaded because uh, I had to endure so many people karaokeing to that song. Oh, that's... in my karaoke days. Oh, that should be a federal crime. Doing <laughs> November Rain at karaoke. That yeah. American Pie. I mean, as much as I love Sticks, I would never sing "Come Sail Away." Good, good. That's. But people don't have that restraint. That t- makes a lot of demands in terms of the falsetto and then also <laughs> the length of the song. The length of the song is a thing. I mean, there's like a minute and a half break in the center of that song. Do you think they keep that in there in the karaoke edit, though? Just oh, do- yes. I've encountered people singing it. It's uh, wow. People have no karaoke edit. Well, Kit. etiquette. Et- etiquette? Well, they don't edit themselves for karaoke. Uh, How do we get on that i don't even know man oh the, the guns and roses yeah joke. yeah but yeah. so but the, this whole setup like oh they're gonna go to a guns and knives show okay that's cool but then it never comes back so was the guns and roses joke so strong they needed to write that bit in <laughs> my guess is they they probably had to edit out a story point of like he's in town to go to this oh. guns and knives show yeah um but then realized just for time they had to cut a little little context like you know 
I'm just thinking if I'm a writer in this room, I'm like, okay, well, do we really need an explanation for why Jill's dad's going to be in town? Yeah. Uh, there is a, a gaping question that I have, which is why the fuck doesn't the Colonel and Nana travel together? Yeah. I mean, well, she said there was something up front about like why, oh, she needed a break from him or like she had some other thing going on or something, you know. But she, he didn't accompany her last season. Also true, actually. So they just travel. Maybe they're the same person. Maybe it's like Bugs Bunny in different costumes <laughs> walking in the door. Or or maybe maybe the guy who who is so sensitive and to, to any sort of criticism that he blows up in rage whenever he uh, hears any bad news. Maybe he and his wife have a, let's say not great marriage <laughs> and aren't really speaking a lot i also just want to circle back on another thing yeah you know uh, you know one thing that guns and roses has uh in common with the guns and knives show slash slash so he gives the boys the yeah 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 so he gives their... them he gives them something good go on we just had i just i can't leave these things that's unsaid. fair that's fair go um he gives the boys their their presence which is shrapnel also worth yeah. saying yeah no no but a good a good joke though it's like i got you you know got you the guy something it's shrapnel and they are oh i love it and they run outside yeah. he goes careful that shrapnel sharp it was removed from my never mind <laughs> that, that was like the first example of uh, you know you don't get to see M. Emmett walsh throw comedy out there very often yeah 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 um except for maybe and maybe this is a a, a continuation of his character the madman from the jerk yeah uh <laughs> like who knows all that military moving around all that war fucked his head up a little bit that made him hate like, cans so much he, he's traveling alone a lot maybe he just yeah went out and like i i like to think of it as a continuation of the character he plays in like two scenes in Raising Arizona where he's just standing there yammering at Nicolas Cage while he works, just talking about grotesque roadside injuries. Like, it seemed honestly more in that kind of okay. hee-haw-y vein. Yeah. Um, anyway, the scene ends with uh, him giving Tim and Jill a gift as well, which is a copy of the manuscript he's written about his time in the military. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I, well, listen, as someone who has received a gift of a manuscript uh, of a book written by his father oh uh, i didn't know that's that's cool Is that <laughs> you cool? just did a 180 there <laughs> well i i thought because in this context it seemed bad but actually like in real life it's like a sweet thing to get from a family member yeah well yeah he my dad wrote a book uh, he's in the middle of writing another one right now but um it's you know that is a tricky thing there is that like you're that moment of sheer panic of like what if i don't like this yeah like i yeah. kind of I luckily fell on the other side of the line That's than good. Jill, but before she read it, I like I was able to, to empathize with her for a minute. I'm like, oh man, I get the the danger of this. Yeah, is yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ask you this point blank, and I want you to be truthful. Is your dad Thomas Pynchon? <laughs> we're, we're gonna find out who that guy is. I can't confirm nor deny. Ooh, man, we're onto something, dude. We're okay. We're th this is gonna slowly turn into an investigative podcast. Is Thomas Pynchon? Banksy? Uh, oh, you know, that would be cool, wouldn't it? If if both of... The, like, that would be... It's one thing if, like, oh, Banksy is some guy, but then if... Oh, Banksy's this guy who's actually famous for being another secretive artist. <laughs> that would tickle me. I would I would derive real joy from that. Oh. Uh, and both of them are, are, are uh, Andy Kaufman. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, uh, he gives them this book... With the with the the intention or the hope that Jill will like it and give it to her uh, publishers 
for at, publishing, I guess. Because, you know, that's how it works. The people <laughs> who publish a regional arts and culture magazine also will publish your military novel. Yeah. Uh, McSweeney's does it. I, <laughs> I mean, not military, but they they publish books in addition to their does, regional arts I, magazine. I don't know that Inside Detroit, though, has quite the same <laughs> big dick energy as McSweeney's. Fair. Yeah. Who can be sure? Uh, but so we get a pages trend. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say Ann Arbor does have a lot of uh, publishing uh, houses. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, hey, maybe maybe I've been too harsh on this on this concept. Maybe that it's was actually where Borders Books, uh, their publishing house, was in Ann Arbor. Oh, wow! It began there and then it died there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just feel like, as the resident Michigander, I need to throw out Michigan facts every once in a while. No, absolutely. Lord, Lord knows I choke you guys with Oregon facts. We got to, we got to both. And yours are actually relevant to the setting of the show. So. Pages transition yeah. to them reading the book. Tim and Jill, later in the living room, um, Tim is reading. He's got glasses. The first time we've seen him with glasses. The first time we've seen him read anything that isn't like a road sign. <laughs> or a magazine. Or, or a menu, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Just Honestly, I was just so thrown by seeing Tim. I was so shocked. I thought that the plot of this episode would be Tim doesn't want to read the book, or it's <laughs> Tim has to read it and yeah. isn't reading it. The fact that Tim didn't make any stink about reading a long, boring book, that apparently yeah. in the course of a single night. Too. Yeah, that there there is a, a temporal disparity uh, in this episode. The, this this manuscript that he's handed them is like the length of like three screenplays. <laughs> Assuming you just yeah look at screenplays printed out all the time. <laughs> it's it's it, thick it's, and it's to a phone book. Be expected to read it overnight especially tim who i can't imagine reads fast no i i am surprised an assumption i'm making but surprised his lips weren't moving as he as he looked at the pages (laughs) honestly glasses tim i feel like was kind of like tim with the glasses on kind of auditioning for harrison ford when he's teaching as indiana jones like when he's at the college and And again another like comedy version of that i could easily see tim allen falling into jungle to jungle could have been the comedy (laughs) indiana jones but they took it they took that plot in a different direction (laughs) um so the criticism they kind of come to you know as they're reading they kind of go through the the motions of like oh yeah it's so it's so detailed detail there's a lot of lots of details a lot of facts what is this a tolkien book (laughs) (laughs) Woo! suck it oh um i've never actually read lord of the rings so when you write it in i will also concede (laughs) to whatever criticism you're going to give me on that one um tim uh tim finds it boring yeah no big surprise there um but i'm just kind of curious what kind of book he wouldn't find boring yeah i mean i think i think tim this is the thing. I think that the book that Tim probably would find interesting is exactly the sort of book we would find boring, like the the user manual for like a 1973 Dodge <laughs> Dart or something. Is that a book though? That's a manual or one of those books, like those picture books that's just like all about cars. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I racking my brain to think of something that Tim might enjoy, but uh, I. I don't. I can see him being like maybe. The situation when he would have to be forced into it, like they go away for the weekend in a cabin. There's literally no TV, electricity. They have to sit by firelight, and the only this thing is there like two episodes ago, one episode ago, <laughs> yeah, the only thing that's there is like a copy of Robinson Crusoe, <laughs> uh, not Caruso, Crusoe. Yeah, but no, but you know why he said it that way because of Amish Paradise by by Weird Al <laughs> when he says like Robinson Caruso. Uh, it's a, not a total luxury or, or not a single luxury. That's <laughs> so funny. Cause in addition to home improvement, I do think most of, uh, 
my knowledge of life and music and everything can be attributed to Weird Al. So yeah, uh, I think you nailed on something a little closer to home than I want to admit. Or, or you're picturing a version of Robinson Crusoe starring David Caruso. <laughs> Perhaps that would be the film that would have jumpstarted the TV or the film career that he uh, was looking for when he left Hill Street Blues. <laughs> Perhaps. Yes. Uh, Jill agrees that it's boring. Um, and she doesn't know how she's going to tell her father. She doesn't want to because... Yeah. Well, so this is a point of Jill's. Like, we start to see one of her flaws a little bit. Yes. She tends to make assumptions yes. a lot. Yes. Uh, specifically when it comes to her family, yeah. uh, her parents. But um, she is, like, having an entire conversation in her head or, you know, playing this interaction out um, so much so mm-hmm. before it uh, even comes to fruition and stops herself from doing it. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I mean, it... it it seems to me, and I think I, I alluded to this some up front, it's just, it seems like Jill's, pro- like, Jill's problem here is pretty big. I mean, it's like, the, just the idea that she and all of her family, they could all grow up with, with this guy yeah. who can't hear any criticism without getting fear. It's like, how how is this guy able to succeed in his career? You probably <laughs> get bad news in the military. Yeah. You hear things you don't like in the military. But I would assume in the military, you don't, you bottle that anger because you mm. are so uh, committed to the rank and organization of it, right? Yeah, I like you so, don't yeah. question your orders, you don't question, and then you know that shit just trickles downhill because yeah. if your subordinate fucks up, I mean, you can let it loose on them. True, true. Uh, Arlie Emery had an entire career based on that. So anyway, so Jill makes an assumption about her father that she can't talk to him, and so that kind of sets in motion uh, Jill's thrust for the rest of this episode yeah so th- we go back outside yeah more goalie practice um does anything i my only line is back outside for more goalie practice and i'm back to the whole book subplot <laughs> i don't really know what else is going on tim has a a cushion uh, attached to the front of him oh yeah but they're like weird floral print couch cushions but they're still stitched together like hockey it, it, pads to me it looked like um uh kind of one of those outdoor loungers mm-hmm. but you're right. I mean, there's no lounger in the world that would have a cushion that separates at the legs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. And it would have made more sense to have an outside lounger thing on because then your crotch should be fully protected. <laughs> uh, right. When he makes a few jokes about that uh, yeah. to his kids because Brad shoots him right in the butthole. Yes. <laughs> which was really funny I feel I feel like that was just one of those little miracles that happens on set <laughs> that it hit that, that it went right up the chute like that, right up the Death Star Trench, if you will. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, there's another example of Tim not being able to understand military time because Randy asks when he'll be up because uh, the colonel hasn't awoken yet for the day. Yeah, and Tim's like, "Well, let's see. If he he went to bed at 2,300 hours and you bad 12 and you subtracted, then you get uh, he'll be up in 20 2,800 hours." Like he's he said like he wanted nine hours of sleep, so he'll be awake at 3,800 hours. Like it, like Tim forgets <laughs> how many hours are in a day at one point. Um. Then he comes down, we go back inside, uh, and Tim and Jill kind of wrestle with this, of like, who's going to tell him? And Tim, so, now, this is kind of a, a weird thing, uh, going back to the Dream On episode. Tim is like... <laughs> the episode of the show, Dream On. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Tim is is suggesting to Jill the very thing he did in Dream On, which is to like, what if I get the ball rolling? If I kind of push this... Uh, in this direction, you don't want it to go. Yeah. Um, you know, will that help you? And I'm surprised that Jill kind of jumps on this train and goes, "Yeah, that's that. That'll maybe that'll work." Yeah, 
I well, yeah, because it could have easily gone in the direction of like him going, oh, "It's not good. It's not good." Yeah. Oh, it, it, it sucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Him, him, uh, him trying to dredge it out there while Jill does everything in her power to to not take it to that point. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I feel like Tim doesn't really do enough convincing here to really help her overcome an entire lifetime of living in this guy's <laughs> shadow, right? But yeah, what it ultimately comes to is is like Tim has to start, and then he'll pass the baton to Jill to yeah. further tell her be- dad that the book is not good. Yeah, and he comes down and he's like, "Did you read my book?" Yeah, which is the moment where I'm like, "In one evening? What yeah, the fuck it, are you thinking?" It's like man? What, seven a.m. right now, and you're like, "Okay, well, I gave it to you at like nine o'clock." Yeah, and it's I was going to bed at eleven. Pages. Yeah, you had nine hours to read it. Yeah, and not sleep at all, and then get up and continue to cook for me and look after these boys. Well, now I'm starting to understand these expectations that Jill is a little <laughs> afraid of of her father. I, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, really, yeah, that's the subtext of this episode, yeah. is that she does that in the first place. So I, I don't know if I need to point this out or not, but this episode, in this scene in particular... Okay, maybe I'm going to ask you for help here. Okay. Because I, I feel bad for harping on this because, like... I know what I'm getting into. I know the era of the show that I'm watching, you know, but there is something that just is hard to watch nowadays of Jill just doing all the household stuff. Like she's setting the table. She's cleaning up in this scene. She's making eggs for everybody, the entire family. Yeah. And Tim's out back getting shot in the butt with a, a <laughs> puck, you know, like there's something that's a little too nuclear family-ish for me to kind of like it's just maybe it just feels out of date and maybe it's not even worth mentioning i don't know what do you think i you know the the fact that it was one thing when jill was a normal housewife and and you know tim was the breadwinner and jill's the housewife and yeah. i'm not saying that's necessarily okay then but it makes more sense but like now jill has a job and she's still doing all the work around the house yeah you know again i can't condemn the show for showing what was every other show at the time yeah i mean this. there was no question about it yeah. at that time but yeah. that's kind of what also makes it hard to watch now it you know if tim was ever doing anything but goofing around and loafing yeah. like if tim was actually seriously hard at work on stuff or we ever saw him like fixing up the house and not fixing up the car something as simple as him putting the dishes on the table while she made the eggs would make it yeah that much easier for me he, to he, stomach but like he's not helping her clean up like there's all <laughs> That you we've talked about like they give they always give them business in the kitchen to yeah. be doing. It always seems to be Jill's business is cooking something, cleaning something, and Tim's business is like getting a beer, eating the thing Jill is making. Yeah. Never like helping out in any way. Yeah, and to be fair, you know, I don't think uh <laughs> Tim would be of any help in the <laughs> the kitchen. I think it, to me it's just more like, you know, we I know what I'm getting myself into with this, and they, it's not gonna change. I can't expect it to change. Um, and I think that any of our listeners know that that's not the way things are or should be. Yeah. So maybe it's, you know, we acknowledge it's, it's weird and it's, but maybe we don't need to comment on it. We we give it our official stamp of this is not necessarily the way it is anymore. Yeah. There you go. Um, so the, the Colonel comes in. Yeah. Asks if you read the book. Uh, Tim begins very gingerly trying to talk about his opinion of it. And he says, well, you know, it was... Yeah, it was good. Yeah, there was some really good stuff in there. Um, it was wordy. It was kind of wordy. And it's like, oh, what do you want? You want pictures in it or well, something? Well, Tim, a writer uses his words when he's writing. That's, that's I don't know what that was. <laughs> that's that's great moments with Mr. Lincoln, I think. <laughs> Four score and seven years ago. Uh, 
And then, you know, then, you know, God bless Tim. He actually goes ahead with it, though, yeah. even after that. And, and continues to say, like, there's not a lot of people in it. Yeah. There's not really characters. And he said, oh, it's about tactics. It's about it's about how wars need to be won. And I'm not going to cloudy that up with people. <laughs> uh, and... But basically, you know, uh, Tim's Tim's even gentle critique of it leads to him getting yelled at by the colonel yeah. and uh, <clears throat> told that he has bad taste. And then Jill completely throwing Tim under the bus and saying, no, it was good. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. T- you know, <laughs> Tim, in the midst of all this criticism, Tim says, okay, Jill, time for your opinion. And I yeah. think I've pushed that ball about as far as it'll go. Yeah. And she goes, oh, I loved it. it was great. And uh, yeah. So, you know, what I like... What I like is seeing Tim get screwed over by Jill, because how many <laughs> yeah. times, almost every episode is Tim's Tim's nonsense blowing up in Jill's face. Now finally, Tim's nonsense blows, or Jill's well, nonsense blows up in Tim's face. It's funny because in the next episode, uh, we go to the dining room a next little bit later. Scene. Next scene, yeah, is what I meant. Yeah, uh, I was like, wow, looking, <laughs> you're peeking into the next month on the calendar, aren't you? You're seeing what Miss June looks like. <laughs> um. She, well, uh, offers Tim a piece of coffee cake. That's whatever. But, um... Question. Yeah. Was she making the coffee cake in the previous scene when she's putting the eggs and the milk in the thing? Oh, that's a good question. I just assumed they were having eggs for breakfast. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, Actually, that would make more sense. Just doing scrambled eggs with milk in them. Yeah. Which I... My mom used to do... My mom made makes eggs that way. I don't. Yeah, I my, don't put my, eggs in mine. You don't put eggs in your milk? <laughs> you no. just like it straight, you gross bastard. You don't have a... <laughs> You have a big yolky egg just just floating at the top of your milk. Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, I was trying to think of a Rocky joke, but I I got none. No, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, you're we're working your way up to just drinking the raw uh, <laughs> yolks. So right now you do half milk, half yolks. Also, yeah, don't at me. I know I say the word milk in a funny way. It's just how I grew up saying it. I'm not going to change for you. So fuck off. Continue, please. Wow. <laughs> um. Anyway, the the whole point I was trying to get is that she is um. She actually makes a good point to Tim when he's like, I tried to, you know, I tried to help you along in that way. I can't remember exactly what she said, but she basically yells at Tim, making the argument that we want her to make every single week, except this week when she's in the wrong. Yeah. Like, why is it all about you all of a sudden? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Any other day. Like, why they have her trot out what would be her strongest argument any other time. (laughs) Yeah. The only time that it makes her weak. (laughs) Um, Anarchy, man. So uh the uh her dad comes down Tim yeah. kind of disappears and uh asks when she's going to give his book uh to the publisher. And you know Jill hems and she haws and she equivocates and tries to find a way around it. Uh and then she admits that she actually didn't like the book. Yeah. And this makes the colonel double furious. He's furious a, that his daughter lied to her, and then B, that she didn't like the book. Yeah, or vice versa. Either or, yeah. yeah. Like, she's, he's just, you know, really angry, and he hit blows his stack, and, mm-hmm. you know, says, I'm taking the boys, and I'm going to be back at 1,300 hours, and, <laughs> yeah, and, and she says something like, well, this is why I didn't want to tell you. I was afraid you'd start yelling. He goes, I'm not yelling! <laughs> and slams the door. Um, when he slammed the door like that, I was expecting the, the glass in it to shatter, or like all of Tim's tools to fall off the the pegboard. <laughs> Again, that would have been a great a great callback if it runs in in the in the Taylor fa- or yeah. that runs in Jill's family. That yeah. whenever someone slams a door, a pegboard falls. That would. It's like the antithesis of "It's a Wonderful Life." <laughs> <laughs> Look, 
Daddy, every time one of Jill's family is mad, a tool gets broken. <laughs> oh, but we get our Wilson scene with Jill. Our Jillson scene. Yeah, I guess, actually. It's been a little while since the Jillson, although yeah. they are getting more frequent. They are. Uh, Wilson is outside uh, reading the manuscript. Or um, so we think. <laughs> so so deeply asleep. Yes. Um, in fact, he came, yeah, like, he had been reading it inside, but he came out, he kept falling asleep, so he's come out into the cold. It's too warm inside, yeah. Yeah, to try and stay awake, and even that, like, this boringness of this book was so great. Can I yeah. also just ask very briefly, what the fuck? No one has anything else going on in this neighborhood <laughs> for this weekend? Like, oh, oh, you've got a, you've got a huge, thick, boring book. Well, I get, you know, I don't really know you. You were my neighbor's <laughs> wife's father but yeah sure i'll just spend a day reading this thing my argument for that is that in the timeline of the show it's uh probably february Mm. and that is about month five of winter Mm. in michigan Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. uh your soul has just been crushed you've done nothing but spend day after day of gray skies inside your house um, I would say getting a, a manuscript is probably the most exciting thing that's going to happen this winter. A nice, lively manuscript about military tactics. <laughs> um, well, so Jill comes out and talks to Wilson about yep. how difficult it is for her to talk to her anger-prone, yelly dad. Yeah. Um, you remember it- that movie, Old Yeller? <laughs> we thought that was about daddy. <laughs> oh, that line was my Scooby diving. Yeah, it, like for me, that for me that was like a Scooby dive again into like a depressing place. Like, wow, your your dad yelled at you guys so much that you thought they made a movie about. Like, that's the single the the single greatest quality you associate with your dad is that he would yell at you whenever anything yeah. irritated him. It's like, damn, Jill, that's a tough relationship. Um, but I, I'm, you know, and honestly, I don't have a whole lot of notes about what Wilson said to her in yeah. particular. Did you, did you catch more of this? Or he it, brings like... up George Bernard Shaw, um, and I didn't catch the whole quote. Just that it ends with, uh, and then you're stuck in the mud. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah. And she, but no, what it ends with her, her going like, oh, well, I'm stuck in something way worse than mud. And it gets a massive laugh, Dude, in, like okay. a musical cue. I don't know what happened. In the transition of this this oh, scene yeah, at the end of yeah. it, you're you're going right into it. Yeah, like yeah. the audience, like goes ape shit. It almost felt like an editing mistake, yeah. where like they were cutting in, like cutting out a, a outtake or something, but they missed a audio cue. So there's like this raucous laughter, and then we get a very aggressive transition on top of it. It was so weird. It's like there are time there are times on this podcast you may have noticed where suddenly it will seem like one of us is laughing hysterically out of the blue. Uh, peek behind the curtain that's because i cut something out but one of us started laughing and and that is in there it seemed like they pulled it with that like they cut out the joke but they used or they they had to keep the laughs at the end uh so but then uh, so then the transition on top of yeah. this weird audio cue um was a plane flying across the screen a biplane yeah and a grenade being launched out the window through the air into the background of the scene and exploding us into the next scene it was it was intense and that that yeah. plane was on screen it was a very active yeah. like i said transition and it comes in to the car- the colonel telling mark war stories about the korean war yeah so it makes me think now now it makes me i'm trying to write like like madmen fan fiction now <laughs> where like actually actually jill's father is don draper who swapped identities with somebody during the war <laughs> Spoiler alert for the first season of Mad Men. Again, it's like 10 years, dude. Yeah. You probably should have by now. It's in the zeitgeist. But uh, 
Yeah, so he's telling him this whole story, and he gives him an apple to simulate this grenade that he threw in the midst of this very gory war story. Yeah. And uh, teaches Mark, you know, oh, you pull a pin, and you throw it. Yeah. And Mark throws it, and then Jill is there to catch it, and says, no no throwing grenades in the house. He says, how'd you know what it is? She goes, oh, please, I grew up with plenty of fruit ammunition. <laughs> that was a great line, though. I, I like that. I liked it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then Mark disappears. I, I don't remember him being sent out of the scene. She, she says go upstairs and play or like go to bed or something okay. like that. She, she dismisses him. We don't really see him run off. Gotcha. Right. Um, so that her and her father can have this conversation. Yeah. And the crux of the conversation basically is, um, you know, you're, you're hard. I'm sorry you took it so hard, but, you know, we you're the type of person that's hard to tell these things to. You always get upset when we talk about these things. So we've had to keep things from you your whole life. Yeah. Um, which leads into, I think, really the the line of the episode for me, which was, uh, um, you don't want to get me upset, then why was I so upset my whole life? <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. That that was that was funny. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and I think she, you know, she does make a good, I think that, you know, this is certainly some good Patricia Richardson acting. Yeah. Also, great thing about this scene, Tim isn't in it. <laughs> they, they haven't got Tim fucking clowning in the yet. background yet. Yet, I, well, he comes down at the end, but yeah. whatever. Spoiler alert: Tim shows up. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that this, the acting here is good because she just really kind of lays out this just case for like, yeah, yeah. You know, you didn't really have as much of a relationship with your daughters and your wife because we couldn't give you the full report of anything that was going on and you didn't know all these like mm-hmm. she's at one point like remember when when i went on that ski weekend with my girlfriends i was actually going to a peace march in washington dc with my with my boyfriend tommy and he goes tommy the commie <laughs> uh which you know this is good a little all in the family stuff <laughs> al in the family stuff that would, that's a spinoff that needs to happen. Well, that's that's the that's the spinoff we've talked about where al marries jill and literally becomes the family wait a minute L. Borland? Yeah. A. B. Archie Bunker? Uh, A. B. Oh. Is Archie Bunker the father of Al Borland? How did Al turn out so sweet, so sweet and gentle, though? So swintle, <laughs> if you will. Uh, uh, I don't know. If if that was his dad. Also, we know we know what the mom like. We know who Archie Bunker is married to, and she's yeah. not the size of Godzilla. Well, maybe it was a, a tryst that uh, produced a kid. Okay. And that's why he's not present in their lives, and that's why Al doesn't have a father. So, so you're saying Archie Bunker is a uh, randy dude who just goes around and, uh, you know, spreads his seed and leaves Perhaps. him behind. Or at least, uh, you know, he's he went through a period man. of his life where he did that. Yeah. Who and knows? Th- and, then he, and then he got into that recliner and quit moving. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, it would go a long way to explain the Archie Bunker couch he has in his apartment. Uh, yes, yes, fair, actually. Something he inherited. Something to investigate a little further as we go along here. Um <laughs> My my whole thing about this scene with uh, Jill and her father though is that she confronts him pretty easily for yeah. being sweating it so much. There's very little conflict and obstacle to get through to actually get to the place where she needs to talk to him. Again, I think, and that's part of I mean, just the pacing of this episode. But it's like the conundrum of I my dad's book sucks and I can't really tell him that. They only milk that for a couple minutes, yeah. and then it gets out there, and then it sets up for how do I talk to my dad, and then that gets wrapped in a scene. Yeah. And this is a conversation she's waited her entire life to have, and it takes very little. Yeah, there there's a stronger episode to be made from this concept, um, and that's a uh, shame. Yeah. But uh, here we are, talking about this one. This is what we get. Yep. 
that this is it um scene ends with tim coming down um wearing this suit that he's mentioned a thousand times throughout this episode yeah and this legendarily bad green suit that he bought and wore to something that everyone has brought up and it was so funny that we didn't deem it necessary for discussion (laughs) at all on the show uh though it it, when when it comes up it's uh jill kind of reveals that she doesn't tell Tim things the same way that she doesn't tell her father things. So, yeah. Um, what does that say about the state of their marriage? I, I mean, I think more than anything, I think what Jill has learned is telling Tim things is, is useless because he's not listening and will just do what he wants anyway. Fair. So I'm yeah. just going to I'm going to save my breath. Yeah. Keep, you know, it's keep less about saving his in. pride and more about saving her breath. Yes, okay. exactly. I got it. So uh, that that's the button to the scene. Tim yeah. comes down in this green suit. Everybody laughs. And uh, we move on to the backyard. Yeah. Where uh, Tim has fixed the puck chucker and uh, the credits start rolling. Really disconcerting computer animated puck flies into the sky. And and then and then makes a really clearly ADR'd in crash sound. <laughs> And it turns out he's fucked up uh, the yeah. colonel's car. <laughs> I'm surprised there wasn't also, like, a cat noise in there. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Toot, <laughs> That was my fake Wilhelm scream. That's, I, that is probably my worst impression I've done yet. <laughs> it's my fake Wilhelm scream. Oh, uh, and then the outtakes, we get one of M. Emmett Walsh, um messing up military time for himself yeah you know and so watching a watching a, a legit character actor blow yeah. a line in a minor way is kind of interesting i mean yeah he, he rolls with it <laughs> uh i just want to applaud mm walsh who is still making movies he's still doing it he, he is like barely on his two feet oh maybe not i don't know maybe maybe he's, he, well, he's, he's lionel barrymore in it he's in a, he's in a wheelchair now <laughs> yeah um but he he's he he's got five movies wait one two three four five seven, eight wait one two three four five six seven eight movies in 2018 what the f- what is he robert de niro or something <laughs> making all these movies well, actually, i don't know maybe maybe he's like he knows he's at the end and needs to get as many in under the wire as he can wow are they like are, well okay now is there, are these like good movies or is this like student films oh, where he's yeah, like being a bro three of them are shorts i'm now just noticing yeah, still um, so, so really it's not so much he feels like he has to get them in but it's like every <laughs> aspiring filmmaker who like knows his manager's brother is like trying to be like hey i hear mr emmett walsh is like on his way out can we like farm him for maybe. a little bit of, can he play my dad in the hospital bed in this short film <laughs> hey we need a guy to play dad in a hospital bed in our movie too <laughs> hey, hey you're doing hospital bed guys i'm just looking at some of his recent things because i haven't seen him in a while i know he's been doing voice work because uh, i remember from adventure time as uh, the cosmic owl but um the last he was in scorpion king 4 which they made four of those 2015 was when that came out so oh it's man still recent wow scorpion dude. kings are still coming out i did not know that you know when i back in my day i remember when the scorpion king was just a side character in the mummy franchise <laughs> uh indeed and yeah i can't remember the last thing i saw him in besides that but um besides adventure time anyway uh very happy to see him i'm glad he's a part of the taylor family now yeah yeah and hopefully forever um, I'm sure we'll see him in many episodes to come. <laughs> uh, he is at least in one more. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else you want to go over in this episode? I want to go over the grunt count. Oh, yes. The the grunt count is a big old goose egg. Ooh. It is... Uh, I want to go with goose. 
<laughs> oh god what was that <laughs> some weird yeah person just ran through here that wasn't me yeah that, we, you have a munchkin problem in your in your apartment <laughs> yeah no grunts wow zero grunts i don't know what's going I feel, on i feel cheated a little bit well we again we got a we got a grunt bumper crop of 77 <laughs> at christmas so i guess it's just really but here's the thing they're gonna make us they're giving us very little work to do now but then they're gonna like throw so much grunt work at us over like the holidays and uh that we're gonna you know have to sacrifice we're gonna have to make some difficult choices is what i'm saying what, what, what like between like presents or food or we're like we're gonna have to like work magi, overtime we're gonna have to like oh. shirk our family duties and and really hunker down on some grunt D- works just just sitting there in front of the tv with an abacus just going like okay play it again uh, uh. And I'm doing, you can't really, guys, if you were here right now, you'd see me pretending to move an I've abacus around. I've never seen a better abacus pantomime in my life. You know, folks, folks, listen, I may not be good at math, but when it comes to <laughs> miming the use of literally the oldest calculator in human civilization, that I can do. Yeah, I can't wait to see activity. what your TI-85 pantomime is like, but uh, we have to save something for future seasons. I'm, I'm still I'm still workshopping that <laughs> okay, one. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at the Steppenwolf on Wednesday nights, just going upstairs <laughs> with an acting coach. Well, that's crazy. Uh, zero grunts. That's going to make my job easy when I put out the newsletter this week. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else I want to talk about for this episode. Okay. Uh, but I do want to do a little promo. Oh. Um, I am <laughs> sorry to, to announce this uh, here, but uh, I'm, I'm going to be on the Fan Theory World. Oh, uh, why are you apologizing also? Because <laughs> I don't want to break up the team. Last time we were on there, we were on there together. But, but yeah, but it's but it's your podcast too. You can announce whatever you want on here. You can announce like a garage sale that you're having. I don't, it would be very ineffective they're forum in which to do that. having me on because they're doing Halloween month. Yeah. And they're watching horror movies and I have uh, a, a fan theory that I've created myself Mm-hmm. about the Halloween franchise. Uh, so I'm going to be debu- debuting that there. Um, and we should be, have a good time. So um, this is a preemptive push for their shows. Go check out Fan Theory World at fantheoryworld.com or on uh, any of the, the internet places that you listen to things. Um, with that, let's go into the outro of this episode. I suppose so, yeah. Unless you want to promo anything. You, I, I, you have, promo. I have nothing... That I need to... Oh, wait. Actually... You, you put new carpet in your place. I did put new carpet in my place. So, okay, listen. Guys, if you are looking... If you live in the Los Angeles area and you want to get your room painted, you you call Casa Painting Services. Guys are great. They respond very quickly, even via text message. Uh, I think I think it's Mid-Valley Carpet Supply, so they're pretty good, too. Not 100% sure on the name. Um, also, shouldn't you be pimping them before they do the work so that you can get a discount not after the fact <laughs> you know I didn't think a lot of this through very well All right. um, also oh, one other thing I'd like to plug um, and so my new uh, the latest season of my TV show just dropped on Netflix it's called Bojack Horseman um, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm credited as Raphael Bob Waksberg as the creator but it's actually me and I believe like all other seasons of this show that I definitely created better than the seasons before it because it is a true miracle of animation and sad cartoons. So watch that as well. I, my Fantastic. Fake, my fake plugs took longer than your real plugs. <laughs> um, well, just wait for a few years until I actually get plugs in my hair. Oh, stop it. Both of us are going to have thick, luscious heads of hair well into our 80s, Landon, and you know it. That was knocking on wood. Pizza's here. <laughs> uh, anyway, we really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, if you want to help others find the show... 
Uh, you can leave us a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Plus, remember that every time you leave us a rating, we'll let you use all of our fruit for ammunition. And I'm talking bananas, kumquats, oranges, tangerines. Kumquats would make really good ammo. I, I, I picture that for like one of those like like mini guns that they have on like Apache helicopters. It's just like shooting. <laughs> it's like a potato shooter almost. Yeah, it's, but it's yeah. shooting like 300 kum, kumquats a second or something. <laughs> I mean, that's wasteful unless you're shooting them into my mouth, in uh, which I would eat them. Oh, uh, let me just say... Kumquats? Are they really that good? I like a good kumquat. You like a kumquat? Well, then... listen. I, I mean, I don't want to be the, the the type of vegetarian that always brings up the fact that I'm a vegetarian. But as a vegetarian, uh, I can't be discerning with what's not meat. What what meat <laughs> does the kumquat substitute, though? I... It doesn't. But you know, uh, variety. You know, I don't want to just be eating the same foods over and over and over again. So okay, that's fair. That's fair. I like a good kumquat. Plus, I have fond memories of my first time eating a kumquat. So. It's just a happy experience all, all around. You never forget your first time. Back to the outro of the show. You can find information about uh, today's episode on our website, which is www.grantworkpodcast.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter and be notified uh, whenever a new episode is released. It also includes exclusive trivia. Uh, the Grunt Count, which you'll be disappointed this week. Yeah, the Grunt Count is not going <laughs> up that much. And uh, updates on uh, Truman and my various projects like being on the fan theory world uh lastly <laughs> you can join in the conversation by hitting us up on twitter or facebook uh which you can find us at grunt work pod <laughs> is this mm at walsh coming back to, to see us out the door and with that i'm truman caps i'm landon solano and if you subtract 12 from your age unless your age is single digits and then you flip your ti-85 calculator upside down the number that you'll get is grunt work <laughs> <laughs>